On today's episode of Locked on Canucks, we dive into the country club atmosphere apparently taking place in the Vancouver Canucks locker room, what to expect from free agency, and who, with Jim Rutherford ties, could be coming to Vancouver. And it's Friday, and I'm going to give you guys my prediction on who will win the Eastern Conference Finals. It's Locked on Canucks, and it starts now. On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today, Friday, June the tenth, episode of Locked On Canucks. Yes, it is Friday. The weekend is almost here, and I know the weather in Vancouver has been horrendous, but. Things could be changing. Once again, I'm your host, Justin Pooney. You can find me at underscore Process Sports on Twitter, at Process Sports with an extra C on Instagram. You can also follow us on Twitter at Locked on Canucks. Please also like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Of course, I want to thank you all for making Locked on Canucks your first listen of the day. We are free, and of course, we're available wherever you get your podcast services so as i mentioned off the top of the episode a major i don't know if it's a major but a a bombshell or interesting tidbit of news dropped today around the vancouver canucks and the environment in the locker room and how that is swaying jim rutherford's um, tactics of building this franchise and designing it of course also the canucks Potentially, it will be very active this offseason. Which players with Jim Rutherford ties will or potentially be joining the Vancouver Canucks? And of course, like I mentioned, we're going to dive into the Rangers and Lightning series, which last night was, again, another indication of just how great this Tampa Bay Lightning dynasty, pretty much, you could say, has been. But first, let's go into the big news of the day today. The major, major news that the Vancouver Canucks dressing room is a country club and it's about to be shaken up big time. On a prominent podcast here in Canada, two very prominent NHL insiders have said that the Canucks are a broken team and Jim Rutherford wants to make a lot of changes and that there are only three to four players that are safe. Um... You know, it goes on to say that the two key dates for Rutherford are the draft July the 7th and free agency July the 13th. And there's going to be some splashes, big splashes here to change things up. Um, this team is going to look a lot different in six months. And it's, you know, it remains to be seen who will be moved. So let's open up this box that the Canucks are essentially a country club, that they are lackadaisical, lack structure. Of course, lack of care to win and to be great. So let's us start off with the first thing. What was one of the first things Jim Rutherford said when he was asking about Bruce Brudrow and their style of play? They needed structure. But what has this organization lacked since Mike Gillis left this organization back in 2013 or 2014, excuse me? Structure. The Canucks have had no structure. 
It has been an absolute debacle. And what have I said on every episode? And on one of my first one of my first points was when I took the show over was the Canucks, like any other successful organization, need structure, need an organizational goal, and need you know to have a common skeleton of a chain of command. Excuse me, um, to have a successful organization, and they have not had that until they signed. Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin, where now they have people in place that are competent in their roles and that want to shape the organization in their image, not Francesco Aquilini's image, not Trevor Linden's image, not Jim Benning's image. There is a streamline of how this organization is going to be run, how this organization is going to play, and how this organization is going to look. Those three to four core players that are staying... I'm sure we all know who they are. Quinn Hughes, Thatcher Demko, Elias Pedersen, and Bo Horvat. Those four guys are untouchables. Well, people might say, well, what happens if the Horvat, con- Horvat contract extension doesn't go the way we expect and he moves on? Bo Horvat, we are all certain, is going to stay with the Vancouver Canucks. That's why last week when I was going through what contract situations will look like, I said it's basically 99.9% certain that Bo Horvat will re-up with the Vancouver Canucks. Elias Pettersson, we know. Dr. Demko, we know. And Quinn Hughes, we know, are all more so Demko and Hughes are locked up for the longer term. Of course, Elias Pettersson signed you know, a, a bridge deal. But everybody else is expendable. Well, JT Miller, as much as I want JT Miller to stay in Vancouver, his there's reports that are coming out again today Another prominent hockey insider was speaking to a Calgary radio station saying that he feels JT Miller is not going to take anything less than market value to stay in Vancouver. Well, if his market value is above the Canucks number, he is not going to be a Vancouver Canuck. That was made very clear by Jim Rutherford. Brock Besser, as much as we'd love to see Brock Besser stay and as great of a person as Brock Besser is, if he does not fit into what Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin want to build, He is going to move on. This franchise has been carrying on so much dead weight the last few years that it's been absolutely weighing them down like an anchor. Of course, there was the Jay Beagles, the Louis Eriksons, the Antoine Roussels that were dead weight, that were moved away for a guy who's not so much dead weight, but his contract is an anchor in Oliver ekman Larson. Tyler Myers' contract is dead weight and is an anchor. Tanner Pearson is absolutely not the answer as a top nine forward. Jason Dickinson seemed to forgot how to play hockey once he came to Canada from Dallas. Tucker Pullman, another wasted contract. Connor Garland, while a valuable piece, can fetch you something on the market. He could. Is he really the answer in your top six? No. That is why Jim Rutherford and the Canucks are going to make very swift changes. You know when any new front office comes in, they're going to make swift changes. They're going to rebuild their roster and the franchise the way they want to build it. So it doesn't come as a surprise that there's going to be major changes to this franchise. They've already made major changes if outside of the ice. You know, they've remade the front office. They've redesigned the coaching staff. They're going to build a practice ring. They're going to renovate Rogers Arena. Everything around the on ice, everything around the on ice product is going to change and has changed for this franchise. 
So the biggest part of this franchise, the one that brings in all that money, the on-ice product is bound to change. You're not going to renovate a house, change everything, but leave the most important part, the kitchen, the same. No. If you're going to renovate a house and you're going to redesign your house, the kitchen's going to be one of the central figures that you're going to redesign. And this kitchen, the Canucks kitchen, has been lackadaisical, has not been, has not done anything other than a nice playoff run a couple of years ago. But why do you think yesterday, when I went, when I explained to you all who is best well equipped to end Canada's crop drought, what was one of the reasons why I said the Canucks will be Canada's best opportunity once again to win the Stanley Cup? Because they have competent management now, they have people in place that are proven that know how to build a championship caliber organization. So why is it coming as a surprise to many people that the Canucks are going to make changes? Absolutely. This is what, and I absolutely love, I don't care if it's through the media or it's Jim Rutherford leaking this out to the media or whomever in the organization. This should be a scare tactic. You should strike fear within the people in the organization. Hey, nobody's job is safe. We have a we we've highlighted a few core people, which we all can agree those four guys should be untouchables. I would not trade Bo Horvat. I would not trade Elias Pettersson. I would not trade Quinn Hughes. I would not trade Thatcher Demko because you cannot find a guy with a, guys like Elias Pettersson and his type of talent do not grow on trees. Guys like Quinn Hughes, a defenseman who has such good ability to skate with the puck, move the puck, control the play with his feet at his diminutive size. You don't find those guys on trees. And Thatcher Demko has now proven himself to be an elite number one goalie, which you cannot find on the street. Just ask the Edmonton Oilers, ask the Toronto Maple Leafs, ask any team that does not have a legitimate number one goalie how they feel. You look at the teams remaining in the Eastern Conference. They both have number one with a bullet goal. In my personal opinion, could be the definitive factor in the Stanley Cup Finals when they go on against the Colorado Avalanche, who have a good goalie, two good goalies, but they're not the backbone of the team. When you have a guy like Andre Vasilevsky and Igor Shosturkin, who are proven number one with a bullet, guys, which you have in Thatcher Demko, that is what you need to be successful. So this whole country club mantra on the Canucks, the whole free reign and let them know that is no more in Vancouver. Jim Rutherford has said, I'm going to rule this franchise with an iron fist. It is my way or the highway. If you don't like it, you will be moved out of town. And that is the way this organization should be run. When you look back, Pat Quinn, a stern leader, it was his way or the highway. Now, you know, they were good. They, they understood how to, you know, have their players have their way. And you have to have that common balance to be successful. But at the end of the day, the buck stops with the man up top, and that's Jim Rutherford. Same thing with Brian Burke, a very stern leader. Mike Gillis was very stern. Jim, Jim Benning was not. Jim Benning, at points, people were saying he was just a puppet for Francesco Aquilini to control so he could make the moves that he wanted to make. That's not the case anymore because it didn't work for how many years? The Canucks were in the dumpster, have been have been in the dumpster for how many years thanks to that Jim Benning style of management. They did the right thing now, hired a president of hockey operations, hired a general manager, hired a smart assistant general manager like Cameron Granato, hired, you know, a coach in Bruce Boudreau who has been around the block and who players like to play for. 
but also on their coaching staff, what are the reports are saying? They're going to be adding more veteran-laden assistant coach who has head coach experience. That's why we heard Mike Yo's name out there. Potentially Ulf Samuelson. Veteran guys who've been around the block to understand the game. People that have competence. People that are smart in the hockey circles. People that are respected in the hockey circles. You're bringing those type of people in to get rid of that country club mentality where, let's face it, the country club mentality and the players like having that relaxed atmosphere was not working. So time to bring in the reins, make some changes, and that is why this offseason is going to be critical. I said before, I don't see many changes happening. Well, the more that I think about it, the more that, you know what? The more that it's been six months or six months since Jim Rutherford took the job, December, December, yeah. You're seeing the you're seeing the changes now take place of Jim Rutherford and putting his stamp on this organization, making it the way and transforming and designing it the way he wants to design it. So everybody out there, there is going to be changes with the Vancouver Canucks, and we should welcome them because the last however many years, the last almost decade post twenty eleven has been horrible. So. We should accept the change. Don't get overly attached to guys like JT Miller, Brock Besser, whomever. It's there's they've highlighted the four guys they want to keep, the four guys they should keep. Everybody else is expendable. So expect big changes, expect a lot of new faces, but also expect this. This team will be built the right way, will be built smartly, will be built a way that's sustainable. And that is why I said yesterday, this team will be in a better position to win a Stanley Cup than any other team in Canada. So coming up after this break, we're going to dive into certain players that have Jim Rutherford ties that could potentially be in Vancouver. First, I want to talk to you guys about betonline.net. It is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL conference finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. So we know Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin, of course, come from Pittsburgh, where they're going to be, um, you know, they built, helped build a championship roster. So I was reading this article um, about potential, cannot, potential people with Rutherford ties that could be, you know, in Vancouver. Um, and of course there was, you know, they've called the obvious Chris Letang, you know, they have a large hole on the right side of their defense, the Canucks and Chris Letang is 35, 16 year vet. He's coming off a career best 68 year, 68 points. But, um, I, I don't think Chris Letang is the answer. I don't think bringing in a 35 year old defenseman who all be has put up a, a great career, potentially hall of fame career. Um, I don't see Chris Letang you know, being uh, anything evident or anything important to bring in. Um, it just, it doesn't work. I think they find a way to keep Chris Letang because Sidney Crosby wants Chris Letang to stay with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And um, I don't, I don't see them, you know, 
I don't see Crystal Tang playing either and for any other team other than the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, another defenseman, uh, excuse me, another um, former potential uh, Pittsburgh Penguin is Phil Kessel. Um, I don't think Phil Kessel, again, at an advanced age, Phil Kessel was once, you know, a prominent goal scorer in the NHL. Of course, we all know Phil Kessel loves his diet sodas and his uh, hot dogs and all of that stuff. Um, you know, he, he's 34. He, you know, is not the same player that he once was, but, you know, he had a 52 points in 82 games. He also had 14 power play points. Um, he's not a defensive guy. Uh, he's, you know, can still dish the puck out. He can still move the puck. He's still got a great shot. Uh, potentially on a short-term deal, he could be valuable, but I just don't see uh, any any way that that could work. Um, of course, then we have Evan Rodriguez, who had 19 goals and 24 assists. Um, he, you know, was coming off a, you know, a pretty good year where he had, you know, as I just mentioned his stats. Um but you know he was inconsistent and he made one million dollars last year so he might be looking for a bump up on that um of course rutherford acquired him from buffalo um and he could be a potential third line center of course jason dickinson is not the answer i think this evan rodriguez situation might be more um factual than a or more there's might be more truth that's actually happening rather than a Chris Letang or Phil Castle. I think Evan Rodriguez could fit in Vancouver as a third line center because he has to be better than Jason Dickinson. Jason has been was horrible this last year. And quite frankly, I don't know if anybody would want to take on his salary and trade him. But if you're able to find a suitor that will take on that contract, why not take a look at Evan Rodriguez on a you know a cheaper, uh, shorter term deal? We of course then have Dominic Simone, um, who was drafted by Pittsburgh in 2015. Um, you know, he's a defensively um, responsible def- uh, player um, who, you know, does a good job driving the play. Uh, Fifty, He had 50, um, excuse me, his stats line was 72 games played, three goals, 10 assists, and 13 points. Um, you know, he could be a good role player on this uh, franchise. Um, he could be, you know, somebody that the Canucks want to look at on the cheap. You know, there's also Zach Aston Reese. Um he was a part of the trade that saw uh, part of the Ricard Raquel trade to Anaheim. Um, you know, he's a decent player this year. He had in 69 games played, he had five goal tennises again, a bottom type of the lineup player. Um, again, these are all guys in the free agent market that have Jim Rutherford ties. And this was a article I was reading and it was kind of surprising the names um, other than Evan Rodriguez. You know, you have guys like Mark Jankowski, who was, of course, the former Flames draft pick, who hasn't really panned out and will essentially just be a bottom-of-the-line-up guy, potentially just an AHL filler-in. Victor Rask, um, you know, he signed that six-year deal with $4 that expires this summer, so he's definitely not going to get that because he had nine goals last year from 21 points split between uh, Minnesota and Seattle. Um, of course, he was drafted by the Hurricanes back in 2011. So at the end of the day, this is what I'm trying to say. Whatever Jim Rutherford does, um, he might have some familiarity with these players, but I don't see other Evan Rodriguez, any of them fitting. Um, I just wanted to point out that I saw this article, I read it, and I just kind of scoffed at a lot of the names because 
They don't fit as to what the Canucks are trying to do. Other than Evan Rodriguez, who can fit in in that third line center, which is a need. Um, I just don't foresee any of those, like the Phil Kessels, the Mark Jankowskis, the Chris Tanks. Either A, they are too old, or they're just not good enough uh, or good enough value to bring into this franchise, like I said, that needs to have a lot of changes. I want to see guys that have high character, that show have a high work ethic, um, that can, you know, whether the, the, the production is not to be there, but as long as there's uh, character, quality in the locker room, and guys that are willing to work, those are the type of guys that Canucks need to bring in. They need to have that worker's mentality because, as we all know, anything in life, if you want to achieve your ultimate goal, it takes work to put in. So that is that up with the Canucks. Coming up after this final break, I just want to quickly touch on the Eastern Conference Finals, which have been, you know, fairly interesting. And I just want to give you guys my prediction on what's going to transpire. Big Game 6 tomorrow um, and potentially Game 7 on Monday. I want to let you guys know what I think is going to transpire. So coming up after the break, stay tuned for that. And we are back. But before we get to my Eastern Conference Finals predictions, I have an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcast. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes your survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards to take your audience survey. Go to lockedonspodcast.com slash survey. Thank you for your help. So, like I said, guys, Eastern Conference Finals, Game 5 was last night. The Tampa Bay Lightning did it once again, proving to the world that they are the defending champs for a reason, that they are, uh, you know, a dynasty in the making. They are, a you know, one of the greatest probably the greatest cap era franchise next to the Pittsburgh Penguins and Chicago Blackhawks we have seen. So last night at MSG, I thought the Rangers were going to win, you know, fairly handily. I thought, you know, the Lightning exuded a lot of energy to come back in this series after falling down to 0-2. There was a close call with the buzzer beater goal. Um, and I just thought, you know, the, the Rangers were going to come home, fired up, and they looked like they did. You know, they, of course, opened the scoring in the second period, uh, thanks to a lot Ryan Lindgren, but then they bounced back in a big way. Mikhail Sergachev had a big game, and then, of course, with less than two minutes left to play, Andre Palat scored the go-ahead goal, and then, excuse me, um, then Brian Hagel scored the Empty, oh, sorry, excuse me, Brandon Hagel, not Brian Hagel. Brandon Hagel scored the over the empty net winner to give the Lightning a 3 1 victory over the New York Rangers in New York, sending the New York Ranger fans home very upset and on the brink of elimination. And that is why tomorrow night, Saturday night, we are going to see another step, another marker as to why the Tampa Bay Lightning are an absolute powerhouse we've never seen before because they will win tomorrow at home, book their ticket to the Stanley Cup Finals against the Colorado Avalanche, setting up an absolute brilliant Stanley Cup Final where you have the young upstart Colorado Avalanche, Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, Miko Rantanen, you know, Kale McCarr, Bowen Byram. This young core that dismantled the Edmonton Oilers and Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl facing off against the three 
the team going for a three-peat, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, Stamkos, Hedman, um, Kucherov, uh, Palat, and of course, Vasilevsky, and it's going to be absolutely brilliant. So the Tampa Bay Lightning will win because yesterday I feel crushed the absolute soul and spirit of the New York Rangers. When you lose a game five at home after you were up and they scored late like that, it is a soul crusher. And I think the Rangers know in the back of their head, as great as this series, this season has been, it's not our time yet. We have to learn to win before we can win. And they had a great year. They have a great young core but they're not the defending Stanley Cup champions who have been there and done that. And you think about it. People thought they were in big trouble against Toronto. And after that, steamrolled through Florida, went down 0-2, but then just flexed their championship muscles against the Rangers. And that is why the Tampa Bay Lightning are a dynasty. That is why they're going to go to the Stanley Cup finals and potentially win their third Stanley Cup in a row, something that has not been done since the New York Islanders of the early 80s who won four straight in a salary cap era and a hard cap era for a team to go back to three straight Stanley Cup finals is simply unheard of, simply amazing, simply great. And that will take place tomorrow night in Tampa Bay, Florida. The Tampa Bay Lightning will book their ticket to their third straight Stanley Cup finals tomorrow when they beat the New York Rangers at home in game six of the Eastern Conference Finals. So guys, that is that for today. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the hockey. Enjoy the basketball. Enjoy the golf. Enjoy whatever you are going to do this weekend. Take care. Stay safe. 